make sure Love I know the right one. Radio. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> I almost grabbed the wrong one. This is all this about wine. All about wine. The show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Rod. Rod. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From, From coast to coast. And around the, and world. around the world. You know, we have had some, some big people on the program. I, I just, I love that. I love that. questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash all about Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash all about And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. I guess after we see that ending part on there, it shows uh, Mixer and Twitch and all those other ones that we don't really do anymore, so I'll have to change that uh, part. Yeah. Should have yeah. rolled the uh, anniversary one, but it has the new one. All right. Uh, anyway, we're connected. <laughs> there you go. All right. You know, welcome to All About Wine, all of you people. Uh, we mm-hmm. are on again. It is what, 7.01 Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Time, on mm-hmm. March the 24th, 2022. So if you're listening to us live, you can go on to Facebook and talk to us through Facebook or chat with us on the uh, Ball Clock Radio or I guess there's nothing YouTube. on YouTube that is there? Can you directly get in? I don't. Well, you know, I get notifications from them saying, "Oh, your your uh, stream is now live," and you know, something. And well, I wonder. I don't know. I, I've never been on it to know if we can. I don't know. I just uh, I'm sitting it's here telling, it. and I just I it's showing the icon now. that I can chat. So it shows the uh, YouTube icon on this uh, unified chat thing that pops up and. You know, I can oh. chat on Facebook and YouTube at the same time, so I, I guess you can. No, um, we need. I never thought and about actually, that. Actually, uh, every show, usually towards the half hour, last half hour, someone pops up on YouTube. They don't say anything except some. I don't know if it's what language it is, but um, they have like three letters, and then two letters, and their nickname on YouTube, and they type oh. that, and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, so I. I just ignore it. Um, <laughs> what, a, uh-huh. what a good producer. <laughs> You're trying All to code. Just a bunch of code. <laughs> yeah. out there. I don't know what it is. I've yeah. looked up a couple of times just to make sure they're not, you know, being stupid. But um, yeah, so there, I guess there is a way to chat on on YouTube. Oh. Um, but uh, I never thought about it. Been, and I'm sitting there and give directions, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, we're on YouTube, do they? Let us chat yeah. there. So yeah. If anyone out there is listening on YouTube and you know that you can chat, you know, chat to Mike and say, hey, we can do this. And so he'll know. Yes. And we'll know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fine. Um, Fine. Yeah. Experiment. Been doing this for 13 years and we still don't know everything. So. So, but. Have any questions, have anything, you know, get on there, chat with us, and we'll be happy to hear from you. 
Now, let's see. What are we going to talk oh, I'm going to cover. I have been going through whenever I, time I see something, an article or something like that, instead of saving the whole site or the whole thing and all the other stuff on it, I usually just throw it into favorites. And then that way I can pull it up whenever I want it and talk about it. Well, I went through my list of favorites, and oh my gosh, I have been throwing stuff in there. There's lots of stuff in there, and a lot of small articles and a lot of small things in there. And I'm going to hit on some of those tonight. Just So it's going to be a potpourri of things that I thought you might be interested in, things that you might be might find interesting like I did. So we will do that. But first, but first a couple of things. Number one, on Tuesday, which is the 29th, it is Vietnam Veteran Day. It was declared as uh, official Vietnam Veteran Day on uh, by President Trump when he was in office. And so it's a rather new, uh, I, I don't want to say holiday, a uh, rather new, hmm, I guess holiday might be the word, but it is on Tuesday the 29th this year, March the 29th every year, so it falls on, on Tuesday. So if you are a Vietnam veteran, welcome home, thank you, and uh, uh you know, I'm thanks for for serving over there. And if you know a Vietnam veteran, then thank them and welcome them home. And I always say, and I actually am a veteran myself, a Vietnam veteran. You probably know that I've mentioned it before. Whenever I see a Vietnam veteran, or whenever I meet one, I always tell them welcome home, simply because such an unpopular war. It was the way Vietnam veterans were treated when they got back to the States was uh, a criminal, was uncalled for. I, I actually I got spit on and was called a baby killer uh, when I got back to the States after Vietnam. I think people knew the, the Vietnam ribbon, so that's how they knew you were a Vietnam veteran. But it was... Uh, uh, sad times for veterans then, although veterans now are starting to get the credit they deserve, I believe. But if you know a Vietnam veteran, then welcome them home and thank them for their service and give them a hug because they can probably use it. Most of Vietnam veterans are getting old now. The war ended in 74. Uh, so it is, what is that? Uh, well, do the math, 50 years, yeah, 50 years next year it will, it will have ended. So a lot of these Vietnam veterans are getting getting old and, and passing on and stuff like that. So Tuesday, Vietnam Veteran Day. All right, let's see what we got coming up here. Today is the 24th of March. It is National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day and also National Cheesesteak Day. There you go. A good cheesesteak and 
get yourself a, a Merlot to go with that. Not a real heavy Merlot, but get a Merlot to go with your cheesesteak. That would be really, really good. Tomorrow, International Waffle Day. And people like waffles and chicken. I've never had waffles and fried chicken. To me, I don't understand the combo. But those who do it tend to really like it. But uh, I, I can't think of a wine to go with waffles. Maybe a, a, a light fizz, fizzy wine? You know, that might be interesting. Uh, two, the 26th, Saturday. They don't have anything on my list here for that day. Uh, 27th, not much better. Uh, the Academy Awards are going to be on the 27th, though. If you're into that stuff, it's going to be uh, a night of Academy Awards. Always a good drinking game I used to do years ago is whenever a celebrity said a stupid joke which you didn't laugh at, you take a drink. And I'll tell you what, they used to say a lot of stupid ones. I don't know. I don't watch it anymore, so I don't know if it was as bad as it was. But always a good drinking game. Monday, the 28th National Black Forest Cake Day. Ooh, that sounds good. Have a Gewurztraminer with that. that. That would be an interesting combo there. Tuesday, 29th National Nevada Day. And we were talking about wines of Nevada last week and stuff like that. There's there's wineries in Nevada. Find yourself a Nevada wine and enjoy National Nevada Day. 30th, take a walk on a park day. Take some wine with you. And they've got wine that comes in paper bottles. They've got wine that comes in cans, all sorts of stuff. Most of the time, the parks don't like you to bring the bottles in. And so they get upset with you. But now, since we have all these other stuff, you can not worry about breaking the bottles there, and you can take it into the parks with you. So that's what's coming up here. Uh, do we have anything else that's happening on there? Uh, nope, that's it. Uh, we're finishing up Washington Wine Month this month, and we also – there was – Another one I just saw, National Month, that was this month. Uh, Virginia? I think it might have been. might have been Virginia Wine Month this month. So, either way, as if we need excuses to drink wine, there are some for you. You can always enjoy wine anytime, any way, anyhow. Don't really need excuses, but those are different days that give you, well, it's... Vietnam Veterans Day. I've got to have a glass of wine. Okay. Let me see what I've got here is interesting and unique. Like I said, it's a lot of things I've been saving here. And Okay. Oh, here's... Oh, this is a... This is a long article. I don't think I'm going to go through it if it pops it up on me here. Can these disappear after a while? I don't think so. Uh, 
There we go. This is a village by village guide to County Classico. Now, County Classico, you can get County, but excuse me. For years, County Classico producer debated how to make their application more friendly, more readable for customers. Uh, it's you know you got different regions which in Italy that are specific regions and they have a different characteristics and stuff that you look for. But the County Classical is such a large region and with large estates and made up of all sorts of vineyards and there's so many microclimates and soils that trying to define it as a specific area is almost impossible. It's uh, it's been something that they've battled for years, and so now they're looking at proposals divided up by townships or hamlets, which might work. Uh, instead of zoning County Classical into hundreds of smaller areas that have no name recognition or anything, customers are thinking about dividing up um, by its uh, communities or townships and a few distinct hamlets. And that way, it will give County Classical a identity, and they think it's going to work. Um, they're arguing, though, that the very growing conditions and the uniqueness of so many things around there might make it a little difficult to distinguish a village's identity. And yet, they're saying that there's enough difference that. It may be just what they're looking for, uh, a type of uh, identity that they can always go to for a certain town or a certain area. Uh, the uh, eight municipalities between Florence and Siena is the County Classical original growing area but now it's an independent appellation. So in terms of style, County Classical ranges from a light, easy drinking to some very complex, age-worthy wines. And it comes in three versions, all have to have a minimum of 80% Sangiovese in the County Classical. And so, Therefore, no matter what you call it, how you designate it, it still has to fall underneath the uh, rules and regulations. Uh, when uh, some of them must age, the Anata category must age at least 12 months before release. Uh, Reserva designated bottles must age a minimum of 24 months, while the Grand, G-R-E-N, Grand, Selezion uh, made only from estate-owned grapes, either from a single vineyard or a selection of the best grapes, has to age for at least 30 months. So these are rules. These are uh, laws, I, I believe. Uh, so they're trying to look at naming different regions and different towns and all that to give the county classical a specific identity, a specific uh, area that you can point out and say, well, this is from the 
whatever region Chianti Classical and know that it's going to be a little bit different than if you get into another region. So this is what's happening with Chianti Classical. Actually, this is a pretty long article, and it's a pretty good article. <coughs> Excuse me. It uh, breaks down the areas that they're looking at and going to uh, possibly use as each of the different ones. I don't think it's set yet what they're going to do, but they're still looking at different areas and how it is unique and lays out the different types and the wines coming from those regions. A Chianti Classico, you can buy Chianti, but a Chianti Classico has to be from this region. And these wines, anywhere from 35, I think, is one of the cheapest ones I've seen on this list here. Uh, yeah, they're about $35 on up, and you can get some very expensive Chianti Classicos. But uh, you can get some great ones from 35 to $50. And, well, here's one for 22 So you didn't have to break your, break your budget to get a county classical. But I tell you, the quality that they have is really phenomenal. A county classical as opposed to just buying yourself a county. Uh, <coughs> sorry, I got a, I got a scratchy throat and all the pollen and everything in the air is just playing havoc with my my sinuses and my throat and all that. So I apologize for the cost right off. So to give a little, a a, a somewhat of a, a quality. Appalachian to county, look for townships. And if you're a county classical fan, then you'll learn the townships and know what you're looking for and start looking for them. And that will be your uh, that will be your guide to county classicals. Okay, let me uh, see what else here that. Uh, well, I've got a lot of stuff on here. I've got the death of bees explained. Uh, this is let's see. This is my wall, and let's see if we can see if there are any wildfires going on right now. I don't that scroll down to that by itself. Uh, U.S. wildfires. There we go. Well, it scrolls down, but it's not opening up the map. Oh, there it is. My computer slowed down for some reason. I don't know what it is. But it doesn't have the, the speed that it should have. Okay. Smoke wave days never larger. Mm, let's see. Hmm. Well, it's not showing to me. I'm have to get back into this site and see what's going on here because it's not showing me the map for the fires, and it used to show me the where the fires were and all that. So I don't know if there's any. I, I think there might be some in Washington right now. I don't think there's any fires going on in California. At least I haven't read anything about it. And the Chronicle would probably list the San Francisco Chronicle, and it hasn't. So 
more than likely. Well, it keeps going to this and it doesn't do it. Hmm. Huh, well, okay. So instead of continue looking for for this, I will look at it later and see if I can't find out what's wrong with it so I can go right to it again. Uh, but while, while the fires are a plague and they are going into another drought in California, they're out west. They're in fact, a couple of things I've already seen about the weather coming in California, they're saying as far east from the west, as far east as the Mississippi River, uh, the whole country, half of the country, or well, a little over half, could be in a severe drought this summer. And so that could affect a lot of different crops and particularly wine since we are about wine. But it's something that uh, we need to be concerned and watch coming up over the next you know, couple of months and see if any rain's coming in from the coast and our, you know, from the Pacific Ocean because that's the only way it's going to change the effect of it. So, okay, here we go. Here's another one I threw away. I threw away. I threw in the file. How to preserve open wine. Freeze it. A lot of people say, you can't freeze wine. It's alcohol. Yeah, you can. It just doesn't contain enough alcohol. Because says it may sound sacrilegious to wine professionals, but the most effective, simplest way to preserve open wine is to freeze it. Um, so it uh, it's not going to change it a lot. There are two types of change that would drive wine spoilage. Once the bottle is open, one is driven by evaporation, another by exposure to air. So both of those will make wine taste different. So if you're not going to finish a bottle, freeze it. Throw it in. Don't freeze it in the bottle. I highly, highly recommend not freezing it in the bottle. And I used to tell people that come to the winery, one of the things you can do is freeze your wine and use it for ice cubes if you want. Because a lot of people, and I'm not judging, a lot of people like to have their wine a little bit cooler. And actually, red wine is most of the time served too warm anyway. People say, oh, I like it at room temperature. Well, your room is too warm. Red wine should be a little bit cooler than that. So uh, in, the, in the 60s, mid-60s figure. So if you have yourself an ice cube tray full of frozen wine, drop it into your wine and that will cool it down a little bit. And some people like their wine a little bit cooler so that doesn't dilute it. It just makes it cold or cooler. So you can do that. It's not going to hurt anything. Freezing wine is a simple way to save it and add it to stuff. If you're cooking with wine, and a lot of people do, there's all sorts of recipes out there. I highly recommend it. It's always good to add that extra flavor. And so if you're cooking with wine, you can use the frozen ice cubes or frozen wine cubes in your cooking. Actually, most of your preservation methods, you know, you squirt this on it, you squirt that on it and all that, is semi-ineffective. Uh, it's not going to last 
excuse me, last for a day or two if you keep on putting that blanket of inert gas on top of it. But after that, it's going to start turning on you and going bad. Uh, you can also use the Corvin devices, which are the ones that you air never gets to it. So you can use those. But all that stuff costs you money. Freezing it does not. And so drop them in an ice tray or drop them in some sort of a container or something like that. I I recommend in the bottle because a lot of times you start putting in the bottle, the bottle gets cold and it will, uh, it, it can tend to explode. And the worst mess you ever will have to clean up in your life is a bottle of wine that has exploded in your freezer because once that does, you're going to get yourself not only wine over the place, but little pieces of glass all in your freezer. Excuse me, I can't. Jeez, my voice is horrible tonight. <clears throat> so, frozen wine will taste the same, whether it's been it is thawed out after a day, a week, a month, or a year. It's, it's not going to make a difference. Test it. If you don't believe me, put some wine in the freezer and let it sit there for a period of time, and you'll uh, see the difference. few rules, though. Freeze your unopened wine bottles upright. Simple, easy. Never freeze an unopened bottle for any length of time, though. If you're going to put an unopened bottle in the freezer, timer because they will explode. So don't freeze an unopened bottle. Once you've had even a glass out of it, it's enough. That gives it room to expand a little bit. Don't let the wine touch the cork or closure when you're freezing it. Be sure that it's tilted uh, so it's not touching the cork or closure or uh, upright, keep it upright. Because, again, when it freezes, it expand, expands a little bit, and it will tend to pop the cork or explode. Sparkling wines lose carbonation when they're frozen. And also, very mature wines are not good to freeze because they tend to have delicate flavors and taste and all that that can lose the little idiosyncrasies of the wine if you freeze it. So most of the time you're not going to have a wine that is expensive that you're going to want to freeze anyway. You're going to enjoy it so much you're going to drink it all and you won't even consider freezing it. But freeze your wine. It's good. It won't hurt. It's a simple way to save it. And you're... Uh, don't have to throw it away or anything like that. Okay, so that takes care of that one. And let me go back to my list here and find another one for us to talk about. Uh, <clears throat> uh, what do you think? 
you open it up on the wrong thing, you click on it wrong, you do something and it loses it completely and you have to start the top of the list again to find where you want. Uh, what is this article? Wine Acuity. We will be back soon. Info at Wine Acuity. Hmm. Well, I don't know what Wine Acuity is. I had it here and it's no longer says they will be back soon. I don't know how long ago I put that here and why I saved that. It must have been for a reason, but hmm. Anybody out there knows what wine acuity is and let me know. Uh, okay. Oh, jeez. Disappears. Every time I do something, my screen here disappears. Okay. Okay, these all these articles I see the San Francisco Chronicle and uh what's this? Oh, controversial owners of Fiji Water just bought an esteemed Napa winery. Uh the company that owns Fuji Water and Palm Wonderful Juice has bought another, yet another California winery, uh, this time from a professional race car driver, one of the people who can afford it. Lewis Sellers, that's an award-winning producer of high-end wines, will be the first winery under the ownership of Wonderful Company. It will be joined by Justin Vineyards and Pastor Ropos and Landmark Vineyards and Sonoma. And uh, so, uh, Japanese country, yeah, it, so expensive. And you can see why they do it. It is the amount of money it takes to start a winery and to keep the winery going and all that, especially in Napa. It is outrageous. You have to be a millionaire or a billionaire now to keep them going. And somebody steps in and says, I'll give you this much money for your winery. And you're going, well, yeah, I can do that. Uh, as long as my people that are working there still keep their jobs and you don't you know, fire them all. All sell to you has got to be in the contract. And so they sell. And the people who are working there never notice the difference because they're still doing the same thing. And new owner steps in, and that's it. Um, and so it's uh, not unusual. The uh, Resnicks, is that the name? I think I saw that. And the wonderful company is owned by Stuart and Linda Resnick. Yeah, here we go. And they've increased their wine holdings over the last uh, couple years, or last decade, it says here. Uh, they've uh, purchased some of the best known producers in the Central Coast region, Apostolopoulos. And then they jumped up to Hillsburg and Napa areas and all that, and Sonoma. 
although they have been rather controversial, uh, they cleared 100 acres of old oak trees near their Justin Winery in order to construct a reservoir. And then they got a lot of pushback from the area there. I think I might have mentioned something in one of my shows about that. I do remember this. And because of all the tree removal. But they say, oh, well, their net worth is estimated at around $5 billion. And they've been criticized for the agricultural use and all that during the, the dry periods. And they're saying, well, I have this reservoir. This is my water source. And so, you know, this is what I'm doing. But they're Lewis wines, Lewis sellers. They make Cabernet Sauvignon, which sells for around $175 a bottle. That's right, $175 a bottle. And they were named Wine of the Year by Wine Spectator magazine in 2016. So they're doing something right. Uh, Randy Lewis... Uh, who sold the wine we had. Uh, his race car career was in the 1980s and early 90s. And he had a crash in 1991 on, at the Indianapolis 500, which put an end to his career. And so then he and his wife decided to start a winery. And they did so, and that's the one that they just sold. So it's uh, they plan to keep the operation and the name and everything the same. They're not planning on changing it. Yet another winery has been sold to a larger corporation. Happens all the time, all the time. Uh, the uh, small businesses, like I say, get a chance to make some money, and they jump on it. Can't blame them. I would do the same thing, I believe. Let me... Do this and do this and do this and let me you can probably hear me scrolling, can't you? Um, uh, here we go. Livermore Valley aims to step out of Napa's shadow with a new heritage district. The uh, Livermore Valley is one of the oldest growing regions in, in California. They been around for a long, long time, and it's really one of, uh, I don't want to say more popular than Napa, because Napa is noted everywhere and people go there, but since they're so close to the San Francisco Bay Area, it's a lot easier to get to the Livermore Valley area than it is to Napa. If you're going to Napa, you got to drive north across the Golden Gate Bridge if you're going that way and then cut across to the east a little bit to Napa Valley. Or you can go inland a little bit more and then go up north. But Livermore is just east of, uh, well, east of Hayward, which is south of Oakland, that area there. And it's an easy trip over there. You just take the Take the highway over and cut south a short distance, and you're in Livermore. And it's uh, you can be in the Livermore area from downtown San Francisco in an hour and a half at the most, whereas it take you probably a couple of hours to get to Napa. So they have been around for a long time. They've exploded in the number of wineries in the Livermore area. It's uh, they ha- now the 
uh, they're establishing a wine heritage district. And it's actually an AVA, American Viticulture Area, called the Wine Heritage District. Um, and they're, let's say, once passed, it will collect 2% of Livermore Valley Winery's gross sales. And within five years, this initiative could generate roughly $700,000 which would be used for marketing and for education and improving wine quality and all that within the area. So it's uh, a new initiative that they're putting in there now. Uh, it's, well, here you go. Located roughly 50 miles east of San Francisco, the Livermore Valley ABA includes just over 50 wineries. Wow, that's amazing how many they jumped up to now. It's uh, includes the... Cities of Livermore, Dublin, and Danville. And Livermore Valley is probably best known for Winty Vineyards and Concanon Vineyards. Uh, they've been around forever and ever. And those two have uh, well-noted. Uh, Winty actually brought over a clone from France, uh, a Chardonnay clone, and, and did their own uh uh, plantings with it. Eighty percent of American Chardonnays today are from the clone that Dwinty's originally brought over. So it's uh, like I say, it's been around forever, and they've they've done some uh, great growing and planting. Dwinty has got some high end stuff. You can find Dwinty in a lot of stores around the country. They also make some more expensive stuff that is really good too. So, but they're looking at doing a new, uh, well, heritage district, which I, I similar to an AVA. I don't think it, it, they can call it an AVA because I don't know if it's really going to incorporate. Well, yeah, it's going to incorporate wineries, but it's going to be a, well, I don't know. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. But it's something new that they're going to do, and they're going to promote Livermore and Livermore Valley and that whole area there off the money that they're going to be making off of this stuff, which is probably a good idea. Some areas would be well advised to do exactly that because it's a good way to promote your area if you have a number of clients that are not mainstream, if you will, and a number of wineries that aren't mainstream, it might be a good way to get them to start getting out there just a little bit of money from uh, your sales, and you can you know, increase sales a lot that way. So, okay, I sound like I'm rambling, and I am a little bit here. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. The firefighter. No, that's not it. I got a whole section of articles here. Uh, I did find information on wine acuity. Did um, you? Yeah, I, I went to the Wine Acuity website, but I didn't go to their main page. I went to their about page. And um, 
They were competing in the 2016 World Wine Tasting Competition as Team USA, and it inspired them to bring this type of exciting blind wine tasting home to the United States. And Wine Acuity LLC was formed in 2018 to organize and manage the U.S. Wine the U.S. Open Wine Tasting Championship and determine the members of Team USA to compete in the World Wine Tasting Championships. Uh, I believe that's held in France. And uh, they have an app, and you can, I guess, there's game levels. uh, There's an explorer level, enthusiast, connoisseur, competition level. um, And you can use the app to, you know, create a list of your favorite wines and, uh, share scores and it's it's uh, I don't know it's it's wow you know they show a group of people sitting around a table kind of you know in a like a party type thing and little groups and um, I, I, it's what it sounds like so um, wine it's a game yeah yep. I I remember saving that now because we were talking about. I think South Africa won it mm-hmm. when we were talking about it. And I believe you looked up and found that the United States team was called Wine Acuity or, or something like that. Excuse me. And that's why I saved it. But what I saved, it had nothing. It just, hmm, I don't know why I didn't save that. But I think we did talk about the competitions and stuff, the worldwide competition. I think South Africa won it. Oh, a couple of years ago, I don't know. I haven't seen anything in the last couple of years with it because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's the yep. United States um, version of it yep. now. Okay, uh, they wanted to create a game that would allow them to compete uh, in a friendly manner with uh, friends while learning more and more about wine. And that's how the Wine Acuity app for iOS and Android was first created. And uh, it's just a... They said it's a fun and exciting way to educate ourselves and our friends on wine while still experiencing the thrill of competition. So, oh. uh, yeah. like, like, like trivia pursuit for yeah. wine people. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, could be. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. Look that up, people. That that might be a, a fun app. I'll I'll check out it after we get off the air and see what it. And play with that mm-hmm. for a while. There, it is an international wine competition, and I never realized they did this. We, and I'm going to be wrong on some of the stuff I remember here, but an international wine competition with teams from around the world. I think there was six or seven people on a team, and they competed against each other in an elimination tournament, and found the the winner, and I don't know what the basis of the winner is. I can't remember that either, but South Africa, I think, won it last time they had it, which was a couple years ago, three years ago, and before that, I think it was was France was in there and different things, or Belgium. I It was... Oh, I, I know that I've got something saved here on that, because I thought that was just fascinating. Uh, while I tell you this, I'm going to let Mike see if he can't find something about that. I'm going to talk about this for a minute, and Mike, I'm going to let you see if you can't search about that wine competition, if you will. 
but this thing is for the storage. Uh, wine storage is expensive, and it is something new, but it is picking up. It is really a demic thing that people are doing. Pre-pandemic, the business was uh, the wine uh, storage business in your home, they said, was growing by about 10 to 15% a year. Since the pandemic, it has been growing by over 35% a year. Whoa. Things like your whole wall being turned into a wine cellar with glass in front of it and places for your bottles on it and uh, basements that have been converted to cellars and all sorts of different things that they're doing now. It is a, if anything, a pandemic I don't know my word on this, uh, but because of the pandemic, you're starting to get all these different wine cellars that are being built, and so people are doing something. They're saying, "Okay, you know, we're home now, and we've been buying these wines, and we can get them shipped to us and everything. So, what are we going to do with them?" And they are building their own 500 bottle wine cellars and uh, wine storage places, up to 500 bottles, and. It just some beautiful stuff is going on out there. There are companies all over the place that are doing it now. You can probably find one, and it's a uh, a COVID thing. It's another a byproduct of COVID, and so it's a thriving out there. This company that I'm reading about here, some pictures of them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Covers the wall, has its own little thermostat and its own little uh, cooling unit in there and keeps your wines right where you want them and all. And uh, it's just some beautiful ways to store your wine. But a uh, new pandemic uh, business that has exploded. It was around before the pandemic, but it's exploded since then. So uh, let's see. Okay. Mike, have you found anything about that competition? Yeah. If, uh, don't, don't do a search for international wine competition because you get 300,000 results. Um, <laughs> and it looks like everybody's doing it. So I went back to Wine Acuity and put in worldwide tasting, world, uh, what I t- world wine tasting competition. And I'm finally finding a few things. But they did have one in 2021. Oh, really? uh, they oh. had a, yep, they had a, uh, oh, maybe, no, it's not, uh, it's just 23 countries participating. Uh, it happened in October. Um, yeah, this was from 2021. I, I don't know. There's uh, South Africa and Team Zimbabwe won uh, 2017. Um, who else? There's just, man, there's all kinds of, uh, yeah, there's there's just way too many. Uh, yeah. Here. Yeah, they're doing. Well, I knew South Africa uh, one. I didn't know it was 2019. Or, uh, hmm. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it's just about because this is 22. So maybe it was a couple yeah. years ago we read about it. You know. 
It's held the uh, oh, they were held on the Saturday, the thirteenth of October. Uh, Twenty three countries participated. Uh, it's organized by French magazine La Revue du Vin de France. Wow, you write that one down. I might actually have that right. Uh, and it's <laughs> sixth year of <laughs> and uh, uh, South Africa and Zimbabwe were the only teams representing Africa with uh, South Africa's sixth appearance. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a couple other. Uh, speed reading competition. Uh, trying to get through this article. And I don't know. It's uh, the fourth wine tasting in 2016. Saw 21 countries and USA achieving bronze for their second participation. And it was like Team South Africa again. Wow. Did, uh, yeah. It was, oh. Oh, they got sixth position back in 2016. So, yeah, it, there's a couple of. Uh, I'm just reading some of these results and things. Um, it's 2015, 2014. It just goes down the row. Uh, yeah. Participation. Yeah. Hmm. I have a feeling this is more like a South African site. They've been winning that much. Act- huh? Well, they've been placing at least. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, there's a couple. There was one I read from. It was an international one, but it, I think that was more for wine itself. That was uh-huh. uh, being reported. Um, San Francisco International Wine Competition. There's things like that, but uh, yeah. I think that's actually for wine itself, not for tasting. So, right, um, you get more matches for that than anything. But uh, yeah, so. South Africa, Zimbabwe, they were they were up there uh, a couple of years ago, at least. So, yeah, I think that's when we first good. saw it. We were first talking about it mm-hmm. a couple of years mm-hmm. ago when they just won it there. And uh, that was, that's yeah. when you did some search and you found the American team. And mm-hmm. it looks like the American team is just doing it for, for laughs and giggles and stuff. You know, not really <laughs> much more, more than that. Than yeah, than more entertainment than, than you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It just that's when we discovered this competition. It was just mm-hmm. strange at the time. So, oh well, well, good. Thank you. And you mentioned the San Francisco judging. They just completed that uh, mm-hmm. a month ago, if that long. And they had a, a whole section in the San Francisco Chronicle about the judgment and all. And talking about it and everything. And I saved that, and I can't find it. I looked and looked and looked, and I couldn't find that. Uh, drives me crazy when I you know, can't find things like that. Because when you you can't just save that one article, so I save that particular issue of the paper. And then when I pull it back up, they update it to today's paper, and it did me no good. So, but it... Uh, I don't know, something like 5,000 entries into this. It it was unbelievable, the number of entries. San Francisco, the San Francisco judging is one of the biggest in the country and one of the the most prestigious. It's right up there with the Finger Lakes judging. That's another big prestigious judging. And Los Angeles does another one, too. So... The San Francisco one just was just completed, and they listed the gold and double golds and stuff like that. 
the thing is with any of those competitions, when they're real big like that, they open it up to all sorts of different categories. And I mean all sorts of different categories. They have so many different things on there that you think, well, you know, is this wine? Why is this wine? Why is this in there? I mean, yeah. they mold wines, spiced wines, uh, fruit wines, uh, everything. It's just about anything you can imagine in wines. Plus your standard. I mean, San Francisco is just south of one of the prestige wine growing areas in the world. So, of course, they get, have their categories of their Merlots and Cabs and stuff. And if you get a, an award from that competition, it is prestigious. But they were talking about the different categories. They were talking about the winners and stuff. It was, I wish I could have found it because I was going to talk about it tonight. But then when you mentioned that, Mike, I just, it reminded me of it. So, but it's uh, next, I think the next big one coming up, the Finger Lakes, I don't think is in until the fall. I'm not sure, but I think Finger Lakes judging is in the fall. But then they got Los Angeles too, which is another big one. So all the time, there's one judging's all over the place. If you hear about one in your area, go to it. They're they're fun. They're fun to attend and stuff like that and see what's going on. They always have state fairs. Usually have wine judgments um, or wine judging. And you can go on and you can see all the bottles of wine. It's fun to look at the labels and see what all the labels look like and and look at all the wines and look at all the different types of wines and all that stuff. I mean, it's fascinating. So if you're going to the state fair, you know, check and see if they do have the wine judgment there. And if they do, by all means, wander through that tent because it's worth your time. Okay. Uh, cork I just saw this one here too it says closures seal 91% of the world's top wines still 91% of the top world's top wines uh, yeah you would expect it let me read this first paragraph it says according to a recent survey conducted on behalf of 100% cork and APCOR and APCOR is the Portuguese Cork Association 91% of the world's top wines selected by Wine Spectator in 2021 are sealed with cork closures. The survey also revealed that of the 33 domestic wines selected, 31 were sealed with cork, while 60 of the 67 imported wines that made the Wine Spectator list were also sealed with cork closures. So it's still used. It is the closure of choice. We hear about these alternatives and everything else, but cork is still the closure of choice. It continues to be the leader in the wine market in the United States and around the world. Australia uses synthetic and screw cap. I New Zealand, I always say that New Zealand pretty much switched over to screw cap. I, I think they have. They probably still use cork and maybe in some of their long-aging high-end wines, but most of the stuff you get out of New Zealand is going to be cork. Uh, it says natural cork closures have a negative carbon balance 
when used to seal wines bottled in glass containers. Uh, a single stopper has a balance of up to 309 grams of CO2. Numbers for sparkling wine stoppers go even higher, up to 589 grams of CO2. So, you know, you're saying, what's that mean? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't say. It just talks about this article about that level. The uh, It's a renewable product. And so that probably has a lot to do with being, you know, a low CO2 level because it's renewable. And trees can absorb, the cork oak trees can absorb 20 tons of CO2 through its lifetime, producing up to 65,000 corks per tree now. Okay, this is not the forest. So definitely sustainable harvesting and it helps fight climate change and preserves Europe's forests from deforestation and, deforestation and provides jobs and all that. So cork really does serve a good purpose besides just sealing your wine. It is something that is environmentally friendly and creates jobs and all sorts of stuff. So uh, let's see, since 1988, Wine Spectator has released its annual Top 100, uh, selecting the wines from a around the world, and since then, uh, since they've been doing it, uh, 89% is that, yeah, that's what, 89 to 91% of all the wines that they've selected over the years have been cork use. I would like to see a breakdown of the years on that. I bet when they started that, doing the uh, the uh, judgings and all that back in 1988 uh, for the top 100. I bet you all of them were under cork and it would continue for a few years after that because our alternative closures haven't really started to catch on until the last, what, 10, 15 years? And so I bet the statistics are screwed in a little bit in favor of cork because of when it started and if you start taking the statistics say from 2015 to present your percentage of corks will drop a little bit so I don't know that's just thinking out loud here a little bit for you so uh, corks uh, still being used still being used a lot you will find alternatives of course you will find alternatives but the go-to closure is cork, and it probably will be for a long time because, like I say, it's, it's sustainable, creates jobs, and all sorts of stuff. So that's yeah, a good thing for it there. And let's see. I saw something else I want to mention before I let you go tonight. Let's see if I can find it again. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't see it right now. Uh, I think this one has passed. Yeah. The Wine Festival in Arizona. I mentioned that while I was while it was getting closer to it, it's passed. It was back in in January. 
see what happens when I save stuff. I don't check it out very often. Uh, but it, uh, they have it every year down there in January. Good time of year to do it in Arizona, too. So it's. Well, I'll try to keep you on top of that for this next year. I missed that one. Speaking of keeping on top of, Wine Spectator has their upcoming uh, big events. Uh, let me grab my copy of the Wine Spectator. I think it was right here so I can grab it. What did I do with it? Well, I don't know. Do you have yours in front of you, Mike? Oh, there it is. Okay. I found it. It was I put it put it uh in a different stack than I thought it was. Okay, wine spectator. Uh a few things. If you're a restaurant and you're listening to this, they have uh well, no, that's not any good anymore. That application is March, so this is March 15th. But they have uh, events coming up here. Let me see. 22 vintage charts. That's sad, because the Wine Spectator used to have a real nice article on vintage charts and all that, and this issue just gives one page of it, and they're done with it. They used to talk about regions and stuff like that over the years, and they've really gotten away from that, and I miss their talking about vintage and everything. But there's always a nice vintage chart in Wine Spectator magazine. I think the current issue has... I think it is the current issues that has it. Uh, where is it here? I'm coming through this thing trying to find... Uh, oh, 2021 New York Wine Experience 40th Anniversary. Uh, they have an article showing pictures of the 2021 event and the 2022 event is yeah you get the wine spectator this yeah it's the january 31st to february 28th issue so i don't think that's the latest one isn't um uh, oh let's see yeah this is a uh, a lot of pictures showing about the wines and stuff like this and this. Uh, well, where it, I can't find it. There, I, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Mike? The, uh, the the tastings, the three big tastings, and oh, uh, yeah, the, I, the ones like not the one in three different cities. You're right, right. Uh, Las Vegas and uh, Washington uh, D.C. I yeah, think they're coming to Miami, know. South Florida this year. I don't know, but nope. uh, I don't know. I thought I had it in this issue, but it's not in this issue. So, let me see. That's this one. Okay, this might be in this issue. This is, looks like the latest one. This is the April issue. Uh, well, 
always usually have it all over the place on these things. Well, here it's you know uh, one thing you have an award-winning, award-worthy wine list. It says uh, enter the Wine Spectator Restaurant Awards Program, and they can uh, they judge by award of excellence, best of of award of excellence, and grand award. We had a guest on that talked about this. Uh, about this business stuff uh, a couple of years back. So if you are a restaurant and know someone has a good wine list, then you can submit now. Mm-hmm. Here, I found something. Raise your glass with Wine Spectator in 2022. Wine Spectator's New York Wine Experience, October 20th, 22nd, three days of exceptional wine. And uh, it's go to www nywineexperience.com that's coming up on October 20th to 22nd and then the Grand Tour this that's is it. the you know they just have one little yep. small thing here they don't have a whole lot about it uh, I guess it's too far out well no it shouldn't be over 290 plus rated wines in three cities June the 4th yep. in Las Vegas June the 10th in Washington D.C. And June the 18th in Florida. Now, it doesn't say where, Miami or Orlando. I don't know. I thought I saw Holiday. something. Holiday. Uh, Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> Hollywood, I'm sorry. Holiday. <laughs> Look at Holiday. Wait a second. Uh, I read that, wrong. Hollywood. that is right down Hollywood, the street Florida. from me. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Seminole, Hard Rock, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. That's, uh, oh, okay. like you said, June 18th. Yeah. That's a big thing. Big Seventy-five dollars general admission. That's went up fifty dollars, I think. Okay. It was, yeah, I think it was um, two fifty last mm. year. Went up, mm. Yeah, mm. but but you get to taste so many. Oh yeah. Great wines. I'm. It, it's yeah. it's worth the money. It really it is. is. So what is this article here is what? Um, yeah, I, I, all I found was a little small ad. You must have saw something. That was, I'm on the website. <laughs> oh, no wonder. I can, I, I'm looking through the magazine. Wine. I can't find it. I mean, all I saw was just a little small dinky. I didn't yeah. see yeah. what cities or anything. No, uh, no, good. But, you know, but, it's, uh, here's... Here's the, uh, what time does the Grand Tour start? The event runs from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. That's it? I think so. Four hours? I think so. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But like you said, 200 wines, 90 plus rated um, to taste, uh, red, white, rosé, sparkling, and dessert. Uh, You get a souvenir Rydell wine glass and a delicious selection of food to enjoy. So, you're getting quite a bit. Um, you really not, are. Uh, yeah. You know, it's and, and well you, done. You, and, you know. Like you're saying, you get quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And you also, the wines that you're tasting are good, expensive wines. And so for $275, figure you're going to have yourself, even if you taste 10 wines and they normally run $100 a bottle, mm-hmm. you're ahead of the game. And, and you, you can tell never, for yourself. Maybe uh, you know, taste them and tell for yourself. Is there a difference between 
you know, the $19 bottle wine and, and this more expensive uh, wine and, you know, taste it and, and find out. It's a good hey. opportunity to do that. So, and, oops. you know, you say $275, but yeah, a, two or three good bottles of wine, it's going to cost you that. And you're going to yeah. be tasting these there. And so the price per taste drops down drastically. I've attended some of these tastings before that uh, cost quite a bit to get in. They've had them in Tampa. And the wines are phenomenal, but then they have these different restaurants represented. And, oh, my gosh, the food that they serve out, the appetizers and things like that, you can almost justify $275 to walk around and taste some of that food. I mean, it's just it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. So. Yeah. It's it's worth it's worth the money if you if you got the money and you, you are into wine and want to have yourself a, a great weekend then that's the way to do it go to one of these tastings uh, New York Hollywood Florida or what was the other one uh, we got Las Vegas Washington D.C. and oh. uh, Florida. New York this year has got Florida. They usually always have it in Washington, D.C. and Las Mm -hmm. Vegas. But, uh, yeah, Florida's the new one this year. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, something I'd love to be able to go to those things because they are well worth them. Everyone I've ever been to over the years has always been something you remember. Well, we are done for for tonight. Yeah, we will close the show down and be back uh, the last day of March. Uh, one week from today is uh, March wow. 31st. Uh, yeah, <laughs> 7 p.m. Eastern time. And um, yeah, we're cooking uh, 13 plus years now. So uh, thank you all for tuning in and uh, have a great weekend coming up in a week. And um, I guess that's about it. Well, Veterans. Memorial up Vietnam Veterans Day next Tuesday again. I'll go that Vietnam mm-hmm. vet. And yeah. thanks for tuning in. Be safe. Well, and close we'll out the show to the next one. See you next week. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. You know, they're really available they're really available in a lot more places than we think. I mean, there's archives all over the place. We just don't know. They are. It, it amazes yeah. us, always amazes us when somebody finds yeah. a new archive. They are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about it last weekend, last show, and it was like, it's, it's amazing how many feeds we're, we're on out there that you can... Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All about Wine. About wine. That's right. Here we go. And... Exit that. Back to the green room. Back to the green room.